Okay, so... I just woke up from another vision. And I had a few visions since the last time or last episode. And that vision was so powerful. I had to come on here and talk about it. But... I couldn't, like, I couldn't wait to come back and talk about this next vision, so... I was just realizing this negative I just had. Well, every single time I get on my podcast, like I said, I have people sneaking around me. I have people watching me, listening to me, you know, harassing me. They do that anyways, but, you know, I just... Sometimes I get, I guess, a little antsy about things where I feel like, should I be doing more to catch them? Should I be, you know, setting up cameras or recording all the time or somehow, you know, taking some sort of evidential, getting evidential proof of the different things that's going on around me because it's happening so much. And I constantly remind myself that 
I can't. It's not even that. Well, God is constantly reminding me that he doesn't want me to do that. Because the thing about it is, I realize there is some sort of game. To them, it's a game. You know, they feel like it's kind of a game to them where it's like, you know, we can keep playing and keep doing different things and kind of get her accustomed to some to certain things so that we don't have to work as hard later on, if at all. And they're hoping that if, you know, they can get me accustomed to a certain thing for a certain amount of time, you know, eventually, you know, she'll get so used to expecting us to be there, expecting us not to be there, expecting us to do this or expecting us not to do certain things that we won't have to do it. And it's frustrating because I feel like I don't ever want to get accustomed to a lifestyle like this. And I'm constantly praying and and calling on God and asking him to deliver me from this situation. Granted, I haven't been delivered yet. That's not because of lack of God. It's because his timing is always perfect and he's in the midst of doing something right now. Clearly, I'm in still in this position and still going through these different things for a reason. So that means that there's something very, very important that he still needs me in this situation for. I understand that. I'm, I try my best to be patient. I pray and ask for patience every night. It's the frustrating. It's 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 frustrating when, you know, it feels like there's so many different people around you and they're all connected to this, you know, plot and scheme, divisive plan to somehow tear you down and keep you from your destiny your purpose and granted nobody can do that and I'm not trying to sound like a complainer but that doesn't you know mean that there is a lack of trying and some people would say that you know so what doesn't matter that they try but I don't feel like anybody would ever understand my position ever like no one and well, one person, and that's God. And last year, when, after, you know, my sister was delivered, I was used as a vessel and chosen. God said to me, now you know, it feels so good to have someone else who understands now. They're still not going to appreciate you. Those are the two things. He said three things. He said, I'll never leave you. But those are the few things he's he said to me. He said, you understand now. Now you get it. And when he said that, I immediately rec- recognized what he was referring to because he had already shown me what he's referring to. And it was the sacrifice, the persecution, the sacrifice of your own life and your own blood your own sweat your own tears and being a hundred percent innocent and being falsely accused and being crucified on behalf of others sin taking full credit you know and i would never say i'm christ i'm not jesus something that was also you know referenced was that he would never make me go through what he had to go through
ever. He already did for us all. But he also said that even after all I had done, that was like only half of the work I actually have to do, which is why I saw half of a hole in my hand from the holes in his hand when he was nailed to the cross. So I realized that even after all that work, and I'm sure a lot of people will say, that's nothing compared to what Jesus has done, obviously, obviously, but still so much work on my behalf, so much more than, and I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody, but so much more than anybody else was willing to do. Because right before everything, I was given a choice. I was given the option, and I was given a way out. Like, not only was I given a way to just walk, an opportunity to just walk from it all. Not only was I given that, I was encouraged in that direction. I had everyone telling me that's what I should do. You're stupid. You're foolish if you do all of that for this person, for anybody, not even for you, not even at all. Nobody would do that for anything, not even for God. And to have everybody telling you, you know, that's what's, that's what's going on, that's how they feel. I, from my perspective, it was sad. It was sad because I said to myself, nobody would do this for God. Nobody would do this for God. And even in that position, knowing that I would and I was about to, I said to myself, I don't even want to. I mean, not want to. That's a lie. But a part of me does, you know, a part of me almost wishes that, you know, I could walk away from this. And I would never walk away. I would never give up on God. I would never sacrifice an opportunity to glorify him for any reason, you know? Granted that I make mistakes every single day. And I fall short of his glory. I really do. But in in this circumstance, in these situations, when it's a clear indication of, you know, God, in his presence and what he wants me to do, I will not walk away from it. I'm being called and I am you know, I'm I'm coming into that calling. So it's extremely frustrating when I deal with what I deal with, but I, I can't forget that I'm dealing with that daily as I maneuver and I try and live my life regardless of what's going on I realize it's not possible there is no I don't have a life anymore my life is Jesus's my life is his own and my life belongs to him I don't have a life anymore I can't live my life because it's not mine so as I am like going throughout my day you know I'm going through different things. I'm meeting different things. I'm meeting different people, meeting different, going through different things. And I realized earlier when I met someone that usually I am feeling like I see everything differently now. 
meeting a new person before of course obviously everyone has their speculations or their reservations on meeting new people period anywhere because you don't know who you're meeting but that's how you get to know people so you be careful but I see it so much differently than that now because it's past just being careful on a normal level it's more of like realizing that I'm at war with Satan's kingdom right now we are at war with the darkness we are at war with agents of darkness satan's agents and these evil devices and wicked plans that they have set up for god's children we're at war with it every single day all day especially me especially me and i'm not special i know that we're all at war but my fight is so unique my fight is so unique because I have so many different things set up all around me to prevent me from fighting, prevent me from being who I am, prevent me from calling on God, prevent me from being able to reach him and do what's necessary. Now, granted, understand, I'll never not be able to reach God. He's in my heart. But there is a certain level of praise that is required of worship that is required right now a lot of times it requires me to meditate a lot and pray a lot on god like and call on him a lot like i almost barely can find time for other things so when i'm going through these different things like it's frustrating because anytime i'm not doing that i'm very weary of people i meet things that are going on you know things that are being said and done and set up around me and I have to be because the second I say to myself maybe I don't have to be so guarded maybe I don't have to be so alert maybe I don't have to be so woke I start to fall back asleep and people start to show true colors it's almost like that in between when you're like woke but falling asleep but right before you go to sleep you start to see or you hear those different things people expose themselves their true colors are shown and you see that they'd rather have you sleep they know you're awake this is you're not crazy this is not all in your head you're not making this up and you are not you know, wrong for being suspicious of everyone. You're not wrong because they they know, they can see it, they sense it. They're being used as well. Just, just like you're being used, they are being used. It's just for what? And so once I notice that, I get so on, I get so guarded again, I suit suit up so tight I suit up so tight almost tighter than before and God has to remind me don't do that stay consistent stay where you are don't fall asleep though that's the point the point is for you to see that you can't fall asleep you're asking me with your heart is it okay to let my guard down and it's not Unless it be with me. 
And you'll know when I want you to let your guard down. Because I'm always constantly with you. I'm always talking to you. And I'm guiding you. But otherwise, don't. And I think the thing that frustrates God the most with me right now is that when I meet new people, I'm trying my best to be, you know, to listen to him. And sometimes I want to hear from new people. Not that I feel like they are, you know, their opinion or whatever advice they have is better than God himself's, his, God himself, self's advice. No, I don't believe that. I just, well, he also told me to be open, like as guarded as you have to be, where you have to be suspicious of everyone. You really can't trust anybody right now. Still be open. It's, you have to master it because it's so heartbreaking, frustrating, and it's it's a lot of things when you realize that you can't trust anyone. You have to be suspicious of everyone. And in this time, God is doing this for a reason because he wants you to put all your trust and faith in him. And you have to be an enemy of the world to be a friend of God's. So that's necessary. But at the same time, being willing and open and making sure that you are in a position to hear him when he tells you, listen to this person. I'm speaking through them. This message is for you. This is who I sent. So that is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for me because I'm I'm saying to myself, you know, I can't trust anybody. And it almost builds like a callus over my heart. It's starting to build like it'll start to build a callus over my heart. And that is why he's reminding me to stay open hearted because our hearts aren't supposed to be hard. They're not supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be open, free and trusting and loving and forgiving and caring. Love forgives. Love isn't suspicious. Love isn't any of those things. And we and I have to master that. I have to learn what that really truly is through God because only he knows perfect love. So when I'm trying to do that and so many times I have to keep my heart open for people who are going to trample over it, who are going to stab it, who are going to rip it to shreds, give it any opportunity, and you have to give them that opportunity only to learn, you know, how to protect it properly while still allowing yourself to love in the way that God is teaching. Because I won't be able to love perfectly. I'm not him. But I can learn how to love as perfectly as possible. So it's it's hurtful. It's frustrating because it's you're on your your teeter tottering daily all day with everything and everybody, you know. Be nice. Be loving. Be caring. Be open. Be accepting. Be inviting. Be welcoming. Be these things. Don't be hard. Don't have an attitude. Don't be, you know, 
frustrated. Don't take it out on everybody. Don't even show them, even if you know who they are, that you know that. Treat them how you would treat them, regardless of if you knew that they were that way at all. Treat them how you would treat me, who loves you perfectly. And you're frustrated because you're like that. You almost want to say they don't deserve that, but knowing everyone deserves that. Yet still, knowing that they won't even appreciate it. And it's reminding me, like, God said they still won't appreciate you. And granted, at the time, I had been through so much. Them appreciating what I did, it wasn't the last thing on my mind, but it wasn't the first. So the appreciation for what I did for me at the time was coming from myself and it I mean not what I did what God did because I wasn't I was well aware I could not take credit for what was done it was all God's power that was very clear one thing that Satan would have used against me in this fight was for me to have taken credit for what was done yes it was my blood it was my sweat it was my tears but it wasn't my power it was God's power. And without his strength, his power, his love, and, you know, his abilities, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything. So, in a way, he's saying, it's not even in a way. He's saying, show them the love I've shown you. Show them the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace I've shown you. And that's what I'm trying to do, despite the fact that I'm knowing that circumstances are special and different for me and not in a good way, always. It's a good way for, it's a good way. Obviously, it's a good way. I know what I'm fighting for. I know who I'm fighting for. But it's in a bad way. It's like I was just thinking, um, I got this realization from someone. You know, you're not all that great. You're really not. Excuse me. And for a second, you know, I said to myself, oh, that's because you don't know me. But the person said, no. Well, it was a feeling like, no, I know who you are. I just don't think you're that great. Still. And it wasn't offensive because it was like, Hmm. Interesting. Because only because it's like you you know you so you know this, you know this part. Maybe not. Maybe you don't know everything. But you know enough to still feel that way. And God was even telling me like, Yeah, that's how they feel. And I wasn't offended because I felt like it's refreshing. It's refreshing to have somebody who doesn't think I'm all that great because I'm battling these demons and I'm battling Satan and I'm battling all these different forces and principalities and powers of darkness daily that they they constantly try and convince me, you know, you're not all that great. But when they say it, it's because they feel that I am. Or at least they're trying to play some type of sick trick to make me feel that I am. And I refer to Corinthians. When Paul said, I have been blessed with a thorn in my side. 
that is a reminder to stay humble. Be very humble. It's there for a reason. I've prayed three times to God and asked him to remove this thorn from my side. And he said, it is there so that my strength and my power, you're made strong through your weakness. You're made strong from my strength and my power through your weakness. So I always remind myself of that. Every time I want this thorn out of my side, every single time I want it removed, I remind myself that it's because of my weakness that I am made strong in God. And this is what he wants. If I ask him to remove it all these different times and it's still here, it's because of that. So that was frustrating. It's frustrating, but I'm learning and definitely growing. Now, as far as the making friends part, I believe that God is saying it is possible Obviously, it is possible. It's just going to come when he wants it to happen. It's going to be at the time he wants it to happen. And and seeing that, everybody doesn't think I'm that great. It made me realize something that even after knowing exactly who I am to God, my anointing, my mission, etc., my heart, everybody may not think I'm that great. Or what I'm doing is that great. But they don't have to think, everybody doesn't have to think I'm wrong either. Like, don't everybody doesn't have to be for me or like me, but everybody doesn't have to not like me. And I'm in this situation where it's like, everybody has to not like me. Everybody has to not like me. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like that. And I realize that is Satan. Because he is using different forces and different powers that he has over this world. Which isn't much, but whatever it is that he has in order to oppress me enough into letting go of my calling, my purpose, my destiny, and my power. So... Everybody hates me. Everybody's against me. Everybody's doing all these different things. Even though they don't, but they're being used to at least. In order to bully me. Somehow intimidate me out of who I am. And I can't say that I don't have, you know, the thoughts, the frustrations and a different... Like... I would say, like, I'm wavering. I don't waver in my faith, but different times I wonder, should I just, should I just let it go? Should I just let go of this fight? Am I supposed to be suffering like this? Because maybe God wants me to let it go and then let him do it. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's it's that I am fighting so hard for something I don't have to fight hard for. I don't have to fight this hard for it. I don't have to go through all of this. Like, maybe he doesn't want this to happen. But I realize it's not true. Satan wants me to believe that because as soon as I get the, you know, as soon as I decide on it or almost decide on it, 
it's made obvious that that's not what's going to, that's not what's supposed to happen because it's like I'll say to myself, okay, I will. Okay, I'm going to. And then as soon as I'm about to, I'm like, nah, I can't. And then that's when Satan shows his true colors. As soon as I've decided, nope, I'm not going to. Then he's like, you know, angry, upset, and then exposes himself. But only after I've decided not to. If I had kept going forward and fully deciding on giving up, he would have never said anything. I would have just been giving up on my on my calling, my purpose, and my destiny. I would have just been giving up. So, all these different things going on daily, and it's frustrating. So, I realized while I've been in Cancun, something has resurfaced from last year. Butch has been trying to resurface this entire year. I see that they're working on it, you know, profusely. I have to be very weary of this because it's a subtle and sneaky attack and trick. And I've talked about this in the previous episode, but honeypotting. Honeypotting. They try and do it in all different kinds of ways. But it's a constant 24-7 attempt at honeypotting with a specific individual. And ever since I've gotten here, that's how they're working on this area. Because I, I realized something when I got here in this area, that maybe this fight that I'm fighting is not even what I'm supposed to be doing. Because once I got here and I started praying and I realized this area is not even involved which means it's not everybody it's not everywhere i'll only know that once i get out and i actually experience different places which is why this trip was so necessary in order to see it's not what i think it is it's not the whole world even when it feels like it or seems like it yet still As I maneuver daily, I can see a lot of different people being used. It's just taking them having to work on it and build up to it. So it's where I go that I'm being followed. It's not just everywhere all the time. And I figured that because it's like, isn't that, you know, kind of extensive? Yet still, I'm having access to different people across the globe at will. How is that possible when it's not everybody? So, it's so many different things going on. But today, as I stayed out today, just to, you know, make sure that I, you know, I'm cooped up a lot praying because I feel it's necessary. But maybe I should stay out. And I stayed out. And as I got out, I realized, like, they were working on this area. And the way that they're working on this area is with this honeypot technique where they're convincing people this is all for love. This is what they did last year to get people on board. 
So I guess they realized that they should use that technique because that's the, you know, most surefire way in order to get people on board with this, thinking like this is okay so that people don't fight and so people don't see what's going on and so that people don't um, figure things out. And the thing about it is, you know, it's probably feeling like I'm feeding into things or going along with things and somehow people are believing like, well, that's why people think it because you are helping people to think it or you're going along with it or you believe it too or you know about this, you know about that. And it's because when I try and explain the entire situation to them, I'm either threatened or they threaten their lives, which, yeah, that is a thing. Obviously, if they have access to you to get you to believe that, they can make you believe other things as well. Or, you know, it won't make a difference. And I can't say it won't ever make a difference, but it gets to the point where it's like, like I would have to build up and bring them to a certain level, which would take time and dedication to bring them completely in and let them see for themselves what's going on. Because for now, the enemy has control over that narrative. And he doesn't really have control over it, but to a certain extent, because this is one of his devices, they're going to get the information he wants them to get. And the information that's necessary for them to know, they are being blocked out of. There's multiple. There's been multiple times since I've been here where I realize they are hearing different things that is going on. They are involved in certain things that's going on. But as soon as I start talking about the real things, the things that will wake them up out of their slumber and get them really fighting for their own lives because it's very necessary. They are blocked out of that part. They don't hear that part. They don't see that part. And it is a certain level. Because I'll get to a certain place and I'll look around and I'll say, oh, nobody's here. Just God. You know, or just this person and just God. Because he has that power over them. For a certain period of time. I can feel that that's coming down too. Because God sent me here for a reason. But, Or maybe it's not. I don't know. But I do remember God showing me. When I first got here the third day. He showed me everybody. Everybody. I looked around. It was every single last person. I saw hundreds of people. And then I saw Satan overlooking them all and having control over them all and for a second they just look like zombies they just look like zombies because he pretty much boasted how I'll just do what I want I'll just make them believe what I want I can make them all jump up and do jumping jacks right now and they wouldn't even know why they all just did it all in unison. He even did it when I was out at a bar. 
I was out at the bar and I said to myself, I didn't say it to myself, I was thinking like, is that, I don't know how true that is, but I would challenge it anyways, because you have to. And that's when he was like, he made everybody in the bar say, hey, all at once. Like it was like a, you know, one, two, three, hey, but nobody was doing the one, two, three, except Satan. And then I was like, that doesn't prove anything. And then he let them all, then everybody went back to what they were doing. I looked around. Everybody went back to what they were doing, and then they did it again. He did it again. And then once I realized, after I paid attention to a few conversations and listened to the different conversations that were going on, they were all having different conversations about their lives. Nobody was talking about anything in unison. Nobody even realized why they had all said, hey. They didn't, I don't even think they realized that they did that. And then he boasted about how he does that at the church. When people say, hallelujah, amen. And they are not even paying attention to what they said, hallelujah, amen, to. He's just, he just has them complacent. And when they're complacent, they're not a threat. And he even boasted it, how he sometimes does that to me when I'm slacking off. So it was it gets frustrating because I'm saying to myself, you know, obviously I am at a point where I'm fighting my way out of that, where you won't have that kind of control over me anymore. And God willing, my family... God willing, anybody else around me who I pray for, you know, God willing, anybody, everybody. But I realize, like, when I am slacking off, I am becoming complacent. And does that mean that there is a possibility that that can happen forever? Because I look at different people in churches and certain people, they are not going to heaven they won't be in the rapture because even though they're at church every Sunday and they know the Bible front to back they're not learning anything they're not applying these commandments and they're not fighting for God and as long as they are doing that they are not a threat to Satan he is not attacking their lives I ask myself constantly why isn't a lot of church people going through what I'm going through right now why isn't a lot of people who are in their Bible daily fighting as hard as I'm fighting why aren't they fighting this fight with me how could they possibly be used and not see what's going on why aren't they here why aren't they there and it's not me judging them but it's me realizing that Satan has taken their fight he's taken their fight and he's trying to take mines and that can happen to me because if it's happened to them it can happen to me and that's why I have to keep fighting so even when I want to give up, I can't. So that's that's the sad part. But a few visions. Actually, I'm going to come back and talk about the visions later because I don't have any, like, alarming or very... significant visions right now although I'm having visions all the time 
I'm not having very significant ones. But I did experience something yesterday where I was fighting something that completely took my whole fight and was holding on to it and had almost taken it 100% completely away that I was going to, you know, not have it anymore. I've had, I haven't gotten to that point. My whole fight, my whole life, I haven't gotten to the point where anybody was able to take the power God has instilled in me completely away from me. They've been able to hold it from me. They've been able to block me from having access access to it. They've been able to distract me from my power or even sometimes use me for my power, but they've never been able to take it completely from me. And I've wondered if that's possible. So I realized that God is showing me that is possible, but it won't be. It won't be possible for you. I'm not allowing that to happen to you. So I got frustrated a little with God. Like, God, are, could you could you really allow them, allow them to take all of this power that you've instilled in me that I have fought for to Satan's kingdom to use for satanic devices with or without my consent, with or without my approval, with or without me giving that to them, them taking it and me never be able to get it back? Would you really allow that to happen? And I feel like God is answering that question by saying, no, I wouldn't allow that to happen. But yes, because you would be allowing that to happen if you won't fight. So I saw that, I realized that, and... I got a little frustrated, a little upset, and a little discouraged, only feeling like, you know, how could they take something I've worked my whole life to, you know, to build up and strengthen? Well, it's not me, it's God, but how could they take something God has strengthened in me my whole life from me that I'm born with? How can they take something like that? They've been fighting so hard to take that this entire time. They want my power. They constantly boast. Do you know what I could do with that? wickedly and of course you know it's known what you can do with it that's why you don't have it but that's also why you want it so I have to fight to keep it not only because it's mine and I love it and it's for me and I am meant to have it I'm born it's born I'm born with it not only because of that but also because in the hands of the wrong person is very detrimental and dangerous. I'm a demon hunter. I hunt them. I, you know, lock them up and hold them for God. For in the for the day of the Lord. In the day of the Lord he will return and throw them all into the bottomless pit. And then what would they do with such a power if Satan had that kind of power? And he's been trying to entice me and coerce me and trick me and lure me into giving him my power, giving it up. 
So much so that my life has been torn apart, torn down, burnt down, and ripped from me. And all it is, what, what would he do with that power? The power to capture demons. The power to hunt them down. The kind of power that God has instilled in me. Where I find them. I hunt them. I keep them. I am able to... I don't want to say specifically what I'm able to do because I know what I'm doing, but I can't really... I almost can't characterize it, but... Like, I'm able to hunt them down, find them, track them down, and then have power over them and lock them up, then get them to show me where others are and, you know, sometimes use the powers that they have in order to catch other demons and knowing how to use their powers and find them and do all these different things and imagine what Satan can do with that kind of power. With that kind of power, he can release them all. With that kind of power, he can use all of the worst ones. And then nobody's hunting them. Nobody's catching them. Nobody's doing that. I haven't heard of any other demon hunters ever. But I'm sure they're out there. And, of course, God is going to always make a way. Like, I'm not ever the end-all, be-all. But... Yet still, my position is so important. My power is very, God's power in me, excuse me, is very important. Very important. And I'm not afraid of Satan having access to it because I know that he won't. I am just upset that it's ever even a possibility. I'm upset that he exists and is trying to access my power in order for his wicked devices. I'm upset that he has power over different people who are contributing in this world, on this earth, on this planet, as short as life is, as, you know unimportant their lives are to him but as important as their lives are to God I'm upset that he's using them I'm upset that you know I'm so upset about so many different things like people play with the love and mercy and grace that God has shown and that's another thing I also want to talk about that God has been reminding me that a lot of times I am talking about how people play with his mercy his grace his forgiveness and different things and he may be in a way showing me that I am not exempt and a lot of times when I want him to show them to when I want him to tell make them stop playing with his mercy and his grace and his power he wants me to stop playing with it I realize that he's showing me that so I want to be careful with saying that anymore but also at the same time he also told me you're not wrong and you're supposed to feel that way because I am making you feel that way. I am making you upset that they are playing while mercy, my grace, and my power. You just don't have to say it. 
just know it and be upset about it and fight about it. Fight for me. That's it. And so that's what I'm doing. And getting different words to get things, catch things on video, to catch people into like to get evidential proof and then I'm getting words prophetic words saying you're going to get evidence and then God is telling me no you're not excuse me he's not necessarily saying that I won't but he's not saying that I will so I know that that is Satan Satan wants me to look for evidence Satan wants me to want to prove this Satan wants me to want to know specifically the all these different things and the details and what he's doing because he knows it's unimportant in comparison to what God is doing. When God is saying you don't need evidence, when God is saying don't seek out what they are doing, when God is saying leave it alone, don't take video recording, just trust me. When God is saying, you know, don't do these things and they're wanting me to do it so bad, I'm realizing it's because it has something to do with a bigger fight. When I need this evidential proof and I need to do all these different things to prove what's going on, that's lack of trust in God. It's lack of faith that he's going to bring me out of the situation. What do I need video proof for to prove something and show something to someone else whom I know is a zombie, whom I know is being used by Satan? And if I had to prove it in that way, how much trust do I really have in God? He wants me to trust that when I say this is what happened, the right person is going to trust him and believe that that is what happened because he sent them. I have to trust that he'll send the right people that will believe me. And if they don't, they're not the right people. So that's why Satan is always trying to get me to get evidence. Get evidence so you can prove something to somebody so that you can do it in a worldly way. And you can be in the flesh. You can live in the flesh. And so that you can somehow, you know, fight this battle in the flesh. Satan wants to continue to try and lure me into fighting this flesh battle when it's a spirit battle. For our battles are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly realms. It's a spirit fight. If I'll get evidential proof or video recording of them running around and setting me up and doing all these different things, even though they're being so bold, then what I'll be doing is fighting in the flesh, fighting a worldly battle that is a spiritual, heavenly battle, and I'll be somehow taking this fight to their court. I'm constantly reminded of the this this comparison eagles eat snakes one of the snakes only predators in this world and the reason why the eagle is a predator to the snake and that makes the snake prey when the snake is usually a predator to most if not all mammals is because the eagle takes the snake off the ground. The eagle flies. The snake crawls on its belly. 
The eagle swoops up and takes the snake off the ground, therefore taking the snake into its arena, the sky, where the snake has no power, no dominion, and no way out. Any other way, the snake would be able to sneak, slide, snap, and probably conquer the eagle. But because the eagle does not fight on the snake's battlegrounds and in the snake's arena, it is able to conquer it so easily, therefore making the predator prey. That's what I have to do. That's what's necessary. It's not a flesh and blood battle. If I fight in flesh and blood, that's what they want. That's their arena. They know it front to back. They know it like the back of their hand. They're going to be able to win that fight. I don't stand a chance in a flesh and blood battle. But in a spirit battle, they don't stand a chance. Therefore, making the predator prey. Satan wants me to fight this flesh and blood battle. But I'm going to fight him in the spirit. So I realize every day it is a ploy to lure me into a flesh and blood battle. Because why? In the spirit realm, spiritually, he is losing. He is losing. He has no chance. So, I have to be very careful. Very, very, very careful. With not fighting a flesh and blood battle, despite the mistakes that I make. Despite the my shortcomings. Despite being imperfect. And a lot of times falling short of the glory of God. The one thing that I cannot do is fight this battle in flesh and blood. Because when the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And we're made, we're made powerful and strong through God's power. So without him, which is when you're fighting in the flesh and blood, you have no chance. You have no chance without him, period. Flesh and blood or not. So. I'm realizing that is. That is something that God is showing me. And it's amazing how many times I'm reminded that. When I am fighting this battle in flesh and blood or when I'm lured into this flesh and blood battle, that that's exactly what they want. It's exactly what they want. Like, I went out and I ate the entire time they were fighting in flesh and blood, running around me, arguing, somehow, you know, having people laugh and joke and disrespect me and doing all kinds of different things that were just completely for usually like it was like it just was unusual and I ignored it and it kept ignoring it and kept ignoring it and kept ignoring it and the more that I ignored it the more Satan just raised the stakes and fought so much harder to get me to say or do something anything to prove that he had any kind of foot 
in the battle. Like, I have to get a hit off on you. I have to get a hit off on you. And I was so upset with myself because I was being pressed and pressured so much. Even though God was keeping me, eventually I said, no. Because Satan was, you know, antagonizing me. Saying that he was going to have somebody put their hands on me. Was ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it and knowing that that's what I was supposed to do. Then eventually, you know, I got so like pressured that I said, like, you know, if you put your hands on me, then we'll be fighting or something like that. I don't know what it was, but I shouldn't have said anything because as soon as I said that, Satan was so happy, he just left me alone. Not completely, but he wasn't as desperate for a response as he was before. And I realized he wanted me to bring that into flesh and blood so that he can have a hand in this fight. He was losing so bad. And I gave him an advantage. And that's what God is working on me with. As long as I believe that I ever have to fight this battle on flesh and blood, it's as long as Satan will ever have a hand in this fight. It doesn't matter how hard it is or what he does or anybody that he uses, especially with all I've gone through. I should know that by now. Despite what he's doing and what he's using, it doesn't matter. Because as long as I'm fighting in the spirit, he does not have any power or dominion. Over me, my circumstances, anyone around me because of God's power. And he needs me to bring this into flesh and blood so that he can have a chance. And I give him one when I do. I don't want him to have a chance at all. And it also reminded me, you know, on the bright side, that means that he usually doesn't. Or... He doesn't have as much of an advantage as he, as he wants all the time. It doesn't matter. He shouldn't have one at all. So I don't let that motivate me. I let what motivate what I want to motivate me is that moving forward, I know better. I know to fight harder whenever he raises the stakes like that again. Really don't say anything. Even though I know that it was... I was fighting so hard for so long and it got so frustrating and so pressuring to say something that is almost impossible not to. I have to make that possible. This is the this is what this is for. This is when I'm asking God why do I have to go through all of this? That's the answer. Why? Because I'm still doing things like that. I won't be fully accomplished. I won't be, you know, where I'm supposed to be with God until I'm I'm able to ignore that. So I realized that's that was probably the most frustrating realization that I'm still doing that, even after everything. But I can't let Satan dwell on that and, you know, feel puffed up and prideful and arrogant about that because most of the time, I have, you know, I am in the mindset where I realized that's not the way to go. That's not the way to fight. And it frustrates him so much daily, all day, that I realized that. 
that God has helped me to come to that realization. I still need to get better, though. So, I do realize even though it was coerced, it's still important. I shouldn't even be able to be coerced or pressured into something like that. But that is all. Alright, so... Today, a few things happened where it was like really weird, but really also like revealing and like something that I noticed since I've been here is like. like exactly what I didn't want to happen which would have been prevented if I had just been really careful really really careful and was just like walking on eggshells the whole time I was here is that like more of more people are being pulled into this situation and when I say situation pretty much I'm realizing like it's not everywhere this is not going on everywhere which is indication that, you know, I could just pick up and go. I could find somewhere to be. I could find somewhere to go new. And if I wanted to really get away from the situation, run away, and never look back, I could do that and I could be free. So it's really nothing holding me here besides the fact that everything happens for a reason and given staying and seeing as much progress as I've seen in all these different things that have gone on because of me staying all these all of these different things I'm finding out that I didn't even know my whole life and I'm finding these things out because of staying that would be the reason why I'm staying and that's been the the re, what I, the reason why I've been staying the whole time besides the one reason being that I don't know really what's going on. So it takes, you know, taking those chances, getting out and doing certain things in order to kind of see what, you know, find out more information what really is going on. Granted, a lot of days it's like, was that really worth it? Did you learn enough? Was it even worth as much energy or time you put into for whatever you did or did not learn? A lot of times it just feel like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe not really for real, for real. you know I don't I don't really know but I just get still you know I have to do it the way that I I can feel I feel is necessary I feel is best because if I don't you know the whole objective of the situation is for me to lose myself in it so what what else am I going to do if I'm not going to do what I feel is necessary, if I'm not going to do what I feel God is calling or leading me to do or follow my heart or do the best that I can to make the best decisions based off of what I feel is, you know, <laughs> the right path to go on, the right things to choose, then what is there left to do? What else can I do? I mean, a lot of things can't be avoided. Sometimes they won't be. 
And then there's a lot of things that just can't be avoided. So I do feel like this situation, like whether it could have been avoided or not, it wasn't avoided, which means it couldn't have been. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that it couldn't have been avoided, but technically, yeah, that's what it means because it wasn't. So, it's like if I had left, I wouldn't know as much as I know now. And do I feel like this information is dire need information? A lot of it, yes. A lot of it, absolutely not. You know, I wouldn't have died without it. I would have been okay. I know I would have been okay regardless. But it's certain things that I'm seeing and I'm figuring out. And the reason why I sound like this a lot of times when I'm talking like this is like, you know, it sounds like I'm trying to find the right words just because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And a lot of times it's like, it's not about being afraid of saying the wrong thing. But more so, you know, wanting to be careful that, like, Satan is not influencing me to slander God. Because I know that that's all he wants to hear. You know, when he can't get me to choose him over God. When he can't get me to switch sides. When he can't get me to do the things he can get other people to do. The only thing he wants to hear is some God slander. The only thing he wants to hear is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because it's the one unforgivable sin. And we're held accountable for every idle word that we speak. So it makes me feel better to be able to come on here and document different things, record certain things that's going on, also offer encouragement for someone else and for myself later on. When I look back and I listen to these different things and these different experiences and things that I were go- I was going through, and I'm able to, you know, recognize different things and how much I've learned when I learned them, you know, because I'll always be learning. And then when I go back and I, you know, refer back to different things I've learned, it'll be a reminder how far I've come, how far, you know, how far I still have to go. And also, it'll be, like, encouragement to keep going. You know, it'll be a lot of different things. It'll be pieces to a puzzle being, you know, completed. So, it's a lot of different reasons why this helps. And a lot of times keeps me sane. I want to refer back to the scripture that I feel like God led me to, which I feel like... Honestly, it's just like, it was exactly what I needed when I needed it. But the scripture was, if God has given you a promise or if God has told you something is going to come through, this is not word for word, but if God has given you a promise and told you that something is going to come through for you, then don't sleep. Don't sleep and wait. Do the other thing, too, because who's to say if both won't come through? Either one one might come through, the other might come through, or both might come through, come through for you. So you don't sleep in what you keep going. You keep pursuing whatever else it is that you feel like is necessary, and you don't know what will happen. So 
that I feel like can be applied in so many different ways. And it's feeling like that's the answer to all my, you know, that's that right there. I found out that a couple months ago, that should have been the answer to all of my issues and all of my problems where it feels like I can't do anything else. Like I'm being held back. I shouldn't be. But I will say that I noticed that when I venture off into other things, like maybe getting a job or building on the business or different things like that, when I venture off into things like that, it feels like I'm being pulled away from this, from my destiny. And I do realize that, you know, while last year I was able to participate in you know, I was able to build my business and I was able to like do other things and also be called by God. Yet still, you know, I can do that, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, now I can see like, it's it's like I'm, I'm immersed into such a situation that it feels like it's being pulled away from God. It's just not, it's just not an option right now. It's really not an option. It's too much going on. Last year, while I built my business, even though I was being called by God, it affected my business daily. It affected everything in my life daily, which showed me that, honestly, I can't do this other stuff. This is my purpose. This is my destiny. I'm being called, and I have to come out of whatever else I thought I was doing because, obviously, you know, the quickest way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans. And the thing about it is that I was so sure. I'm so sure of myself. I'm so good at what it is I was doing here. And, you know, all the other things I do, like makeup and reading. Not reading, but writing. Reading, too. But, like, so many different things that I was, I'm just so good at doing. And I know I can excel in, especially if given the time and the resources. I can find the resources. You know, I'm sure I can excel in these things. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be perfectly fine. I'll have money. I'll be happy in whatever I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'll be okay, but will I be 100% fulfilled in my destiny? No, you know, I don't know. That's the question because I thought I would have been. All the way up until now, I thought that was true. But then now I'm finding my real purpose and my real destiny. And I know that this is what it is. Because even in knowing, you know, and feeling fulfilled in different things, I've never felt how I feel now. And I know what this is. Like, it's a revealing of who I am and who I've always been. It's, it's obvious. Obvious. But... Does that mean give up everything else for it? Because a lot of times, you know, I don't know. My purpose, my my story is so unique, but I'm sure somebody else has had a purpose or a destiny that is so, you know, I don't want to say unideal because it's absolutely ideal, especially for me. But, you know, just a purpose and a destiny that's not going to provide, you know, it's not going to, it is going to provide, but it's not a, you know, it's you're not going to be getting paid for it immediately. A lot of times people aren't going to understand what's, what you're doing. And 
a lot of times you just can't look like you're losing in life until you win. And it's a chance. It's taking a big chance. So that's, you know, I feel like that's the, that's most people's purpose and destiny. But it's like you have to believe in it enough. And for me, it happens to be God, which means my whole life I could have to, you know, be poor. I could have to be struggling. I could have to be these different things if that be God's will. I can't, you know, expect money from what it is my purpose is, what my what my destiny is. My destiny and my purpose is praying and seeking God and you know, honing this spiritual gift that he's he's, you know, blessed me to have. And Jesus didn't ask for money. He was donated to, but a lot of times Jesus was homeless. He gave up high places to be in lowly places. That could very well be what I have to do for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that, given everything that I am, you know, being blessed with. Like, the Bible says to store up your treasure in heaven. I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. So that's not the complaint. It's never about money for me. It's never really about money. It's the fact that I know that I'll need it. It's the fact that I know that without it, you know, it's a tough road. But I'm okay without money. I'm fine without money. For me, it's like the survival in this world. Like, excuse me, this is, God has full control over everything. This is his world, but Satan has a power in this world, and a lot of times when I'm not bowing to, all the time when I'm not bowing to his authority, my resources are being cut off. They're being tampered with. They're being, you know, they're being just twisted, and a lot of weird stuff that usually wouldn't happen to other people happens to me, and it doesn't matter. It's all funny. It's laughs. It's giggles. Because, you know, this is the power that we have and we're going to use it. We're going to exercise it since you're exercising your spiritual authority. We're exercising our, you know, demonic authority or our, you know, satanic authority over, you know, these worldly resources. And yes, God provides. But if God is allowing these different things to happen, then that must mean that's what he wants. Because he wants his children to count on him and depend on him and be able to survive without these things. So I realize that means a lot because when God called Paul, when he called Saul, he told him like I, you know, he told someone else that I'm going to show him what he will have to suffer, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Saul had to be whipped, beaten, you know, thrown in jail, homeless, poor for the rest of his life until he died. All this stuff he had to go through in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, it was worth it. And I love Corinthians because, like, it's so much insight there on that lifestyle, if that be your lifestyle. But, you know... That doesn't mean that that's what God wants. You have to, you still have to 
be guided by him because everybody's story is different. The Bible is, a lot of times, it's very, very reflective of having to live that lifestyle, that poor lifestyle, that homeless lifestyle, that, you know, that servant lifestyle. That's very clear. But it's... That doesn't mean that that's what has to happen because clearly there are stories in the Bible like, for example, King David, um, King Saul, and King Solomon, and these different kings who are very, very well off that God blessed them with abundance, you know, power, riches, glory, honor. All in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it doesn't, it depends. It does depends. Excuse me, it does depend. God is a very rich God. He's very rich. I've seen his throne room. It is made of the finest gold that you'll never find here on earth. And it's his floors. You know, the finest gold that you can't even find here that somebody would store in a case somewhere worth way more money than anybody could ever afford here God is using as his floors to walk on. So God is very rich. It's not about money. And a lot of times you're not going to see that money here. Because like I said, it's not here. It's in heaven. So pretty much what I'm trying to say is like I may have to be poor for the rest of my life. That might be what God is calling me to do. I may have to be poor and homeless and starving and all for the glory of God. And, like, I have to accept that. I have to not be afraid of that. Because Satan is always going to tempt and taunt and torment me based off of worldly things. He's like, oh, you want money? I control money. No money. Oh, you want to... um." You want to go make friends? I control people in this world. No friends. Oh, you know, you want to get a nice job? I control jobs here. No job. Do you want to go to school? I control school. No school. Until you bow to my authority. And it's like, I'm going to have to deal with that. And I'm dealing with that. Like, they control my bank account. They control my credit cards. They control... You know, any place I walk into, they are able to convince and, you know, control them. They control other people's bodies, actions, minds. Like, it's, it's, it's hectic. I trust God, you know. And with the power of God, I'm untouched by them. But it's like... That doesn't mean it's easy and clearly it being so hard is what God wants. But all that, I say all that to say that after this vision I just had, extremely frustrating vision. I'm not even going to really talk about the vision. It's frustrating. It was testy. But it's more about what happened before the vision and more like getting, you know, kind of... I don't want to say accustomed, but sort of like getting, you know, getting that warning, knowing what that warning is. 
what it feels like right before you know they're up to something really, you know, crazy. And I want to say crazy, but really satanic and wicked and evil. So I ordered food. And I don't think it was about ordering the food. I think it was more about, you know, the tug and pull of this entire situation. And, like, just feeding into worldly, just feeding into my desires. Like, not telling myself no to things. I just feel impulsively. Like, I feel hungry. I'm going to order food. You know, I feel like I want to, you know, go smoke a cigarette. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. I feel like I want to drink. I'm going to drink. And I'm not, you know, controlling these urges. And that is, you know, leading me. You know, that's sin, and it's leading me down a road of, you know, uncontrol, which got me a lot of times in a in a bad position anyways. I would have said it got me into this position I am in now, but the only thing that got me in this position that I am now is praying to God. That is a fact, you know. Um, there's, you know, Satan will try to convince me that, you know, the reason why you're here. The reason why this you're in this situation is all your fault. You did this wrong, you did that wrong, and that, 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 all this other stuff. When in reality, I know for a fact that it happened while I was reading my Bible. When I read my Bible and as I prayed, that's exactly when this satanic agent showed up. And God said, count yourself blessed when you're persecuted in my name. So immediately he told me what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, and how it was set up to happen. Before they even showed up, he told me they was going to show up. Before they even showed up, he told me this is your mission, and he handed it to me. And before I ever showed up and they knew that I was going to show up, you know, he put me there. He placed me there. He made the way. He paved the way. All I had to do was literally just be. He set it all up. And then the whole time they're like, I don't know if we trust you. We feel like you're a setup. We feel like you knew already. You already know. See, that's why I'm telling you because she knows already. It's like, yes, I do know. I told you what I know. I told you I know everything because God has told me everything. But you don't want to believe that because you don't believe God. But they don't have a choice because how do I know? You know, I've had them search my things. I've had them watch me profusely, send spies, tap phones. You know, they've already got control where somehow it's able to, you know, tap and have access to each and every single last thing around me. And they still can't figure out how I'm, you know, how these things are getting done. And I keep telling them, it's God. Why don't you just want to give him his credit? Why don't why don't you just want to believe he's almighty and all powerful and doing what he's doing? I've had them say to me for months, you know, where is it? I know she has it. We have to find it. And I'm like, what are they looking for? I don't have anything and they know it. They watch me 24-7. I can't even think a thought without them knowing what I thought. Yet still, they feel like it's something I'm hiding. Where? How? They're searching different things that I've had. I had a car that, you know, I talked about in a previous episode. 
was a witchcraft attack on and I was crashed, had a crash. You know, when I left that car behind, I had a vision that they were searching through the car trying to find whatever it was they were trying to find. I don't know what it was they were trying to find, but whatever it is, I don't have it. And so many different times they're asking, you know, what is it? What do you have? What's the secret? Tell us the secret. We know you're holding out on us. And I'm like, the only secrets I have is the Bible. It's all in the Bible. It's all there. But God already told me that when these wicked people come about these spies that are sent by Satan, these children of the devil, when they come about looking for you and looking for whatever it is that's going on in your life and going on around you, you're going to find or or that the different things that you're capable of through God, you're going to find that they, are, they can read the same exact words that you're reading in the Bible and not have a clue what that means not have a clue you know whatever is clicking to you because God is speaking to you because you have that spirit of God the different things that are clicking to you and making sense makes no sense to them they can't they don't get it and it it doesn't feed them to them it's like this is just words like this this doesn't make sense it's a puzzle and for you everything is coming together because it's about having the spirit of God. It's about accepting and and inviting the Holy Spirit. It's about that relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's about allowing that spirit of God to come in and guide you. You can't do it without God. You can't just read his words and say, you know, I know everything. I got it. I know what I'm doing and I don't need him. Like you have to allow him to guide you through his words, his book. But, you know, regardless of any of that, you know, yet still, you know, some people are just not going to get it. It's almost like it's a, you know, hidden cold, but it's right there. Every single time it's right there. It literally says it right here. Right here. It says you're going to be persecuted in the name of Jesus. And yet still, you don't understand what that means. It's persecuted in the name of Jesus. Just like he was persecuted, you'll be persecuted. You know, that's what I'm going through. You know, it's right there. Why don't you get that? Why can't you see that? And it's because God is a, you know, they, they have a block. They're blinded by sin. They're blinded by wicked. And it's a block there. They can't see past it. They are blind. They are deaf. They are zombies. So, you're like talking to a wall. Talking to a wall. I realize that, but, you know, I also realize that anybody that God places me in the presence of, when it's, you know, period, to have a conversation with, he sent them. And they are, you know, they're going to be made to understand when they're around me. I can't speak for when they're not. But there is a spirit of God that is recognizing them. I feel like that's also something He's He's instilled in me to be able to recognize the spirit and God of in God the spirit of God in others and to be able to build on it or somehow pull it out, like somehow find it and pull it to the forefront. Now, granted, it's not me, it's God. All glory be to God, but like when they're around me, it's something I do because I can't talk to you know, I could talk to whoever that is, whoever else 
you know, I could talk to the rest of you, but the spirit of God in me is speaking. So I need to speak to the spirit of God in you. And that's simply usually what it is, but it, it just usually comes so much more natural. Lately, it feels like, you know, it's being singled out or it's being like, lately it feels like it's like being maximized and like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, folk, like this the only focal point when usually it just comes naturally. And I know what that means. That means that, you know, it's just a lot more wicked and evil than it usually is. Because if it's usually natural, that means it's usually the norm. And it's not the norm anymore. It's way too wicked right now. Which brings me to my point of realizing when things are being set up, even when you can't hear what's going on, you don't know the plans that they're making. You know they're up to something. You just feel it because you get that feeling of, hmm. You know, I'm not into the satanic wicked stuff that y'all are doing, but I got I can kind of see because y'all do this a lot and you're always up to something. And we're up to something. This is how y'all are doing things. This is what it feels like that y'all are up to something right now and something's going on. So I got this feeling after I ordered food. It was like, you know... How did it feel? It felt like, you know, first of all, I was getting warnings, too. I will not lie. I I was getting people saying, um, you don't know what they're up to, and, oh, you should hear what they're saying right now, and, man, you should, you know, if you knew what they was doing right now, you'd be so mad, or, like, um, watch your back, watch your back, and all this other stuff. But at the same time, hearing it all day, all the time, a lot of times they're even saying that sarcastically to be funny just because they want you to be on guard about things all the time so that you don't know what's coming, when it's coming. They don't want you to be, you know, they don't want you to take your guard down, first of all, because it hurts them for you to be comfortable or be relaxed. It hurts their pride and it hurts them, their spirit, because they have a spirit of wickedness and they have to be oppressing you all the time. And if when you're happy, when you're relaxed, when you are comfortable and trusting God, it hurts them so bad. I remember waking up and praying one day, and it was like I was just trusting God. Like, you know, they were just trying everything they could to make me frantic, make me upset, and frustrate me. And I was just trusting God. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to let it go because I love God and I trust him, and I know this is what's necessary. And all I know is I heard the demon scream out, it hurts, it hurts. And I'm like, why are they saying it hurts? What are they saying hurt? I'm not doing anything. Like, I feel like I could be doing better or more right now. And they're like, your confidence in God, your trust in God, it hurts. And I'm like, so just go. Like, you know, because I'm getting frustrated because it's like, why should I be housing you? Why would I be trying to make anything comfortable for you? Go. And, like, <laughs> they don't. Like, they, they have to be forced out. So, like, you know, I, I noticed they started attacking my confidence and my trust in God immediately afterwards. And I had to remember, like, these are the little tactics that they use to attack it. So, remember that next time. 
when you know you're not noticing that you're trusting and confident in God it comes naturally like that a lot of times I'm just confident in him and I'm just trusting him I don't even realize I'm doing that so when the demon screams out it's your confidence your trust in God I have to remember oh yeah I am always confident in trusting him you're not always but I you know I am doing that right now so you know in a lot of times so It's like sometimes it cuts you off guard. It's how they they'll sneak up on you. They'll sneak up on you and attack your confidence in him. They'll sneak up on you and attack your trust in him. They'll sneak up on you and attack your faith in him. You didn't realize that you know that's what you're doing because it's your norm. It's who you are. You know it's how you're living. So I have to remember that, and I'm taking notes. So I'm like, I realize what God is doing. God is like you know, He's exposing them. He's exposing them. And the only reason I would even be in this situation or still going through these different things is because he wants to expose the designs of the devil, the tactics, all the different things that they're doing behind closed doors, thinking that, you know, saying to themselves, the Bible says, the fool says there is no God. He does not see me. He doesn't know what I'm doing. You know, he sees you. He knows what you're doing. And. This is what he's exposing to me. I'm blessed. I'm honored that he wants me to know these secrets because I could have very well been one of those people who had the spirit of God, but, you know, he didn't trust enough. Well, he trusts, but not with this mission, not with this information, not with this, you know, this task. And he trusts his children. He really does. But, you know, every mission isn't for everybody. Some of his children he trusts. And they won't be the ones who will know these different secrets of Satan. Because some some of this stuff you find out about Satan and you say, hmm, they can do stuff like that. You know, it's not enticing to me. Who You know, some people, it might be enticing, too. I don't believe that God's children will be enticed to do any of these things because, you know, of God. <laughs> After you have experienced God and what God can do, you know that nothing that they are doing is worth more than what he offers. You know that. So I feel that way, but clearly there are people who are like Judas, who've turned their back on God, who maybe cannot be trusted with certain things like this. So I'm honored. That he trusts me with this. But. So as I waited. As I. Felt. This feeling of like. What's going on. What are they up to. I. I was like, what, what is it, what's going on? And what I realized is that it was a bunch of cheering. It was cheering like, <sighs> like arenas. And it's like coming from two different directions. I'm hearing it on the left, I'm hearing it on the right. And it's like back and forth. <sighs> like, and I'm like, so that's Houston and that's Cancun. That's Houston. That's the States, and that's Mexico. And they're cheering, right? And I'm like, what are they cheering for? 
why are they cheering? Because I know I'm don't I'm not tripping, but a lot of times I hear them tri- them cheer. It's when I'm failing. It's when I am mess messing up. I've made a mistake and I know I've made it. That's when they're cheering. So I'm like, are they cheering for my demise? Because this entire time I really feel like they're trying to kill me. And like I'm dying and like they're cheering. So like y'all want me to die? Like, cause like when I die, are y'all gonna be cheering? Like, yay, we got her. You know, I don't know. I don't wanna put that on them. But it's like, I don't know. I just know I asked God, said God, because this is on my heart. I'm like, God. I hear them cheering every time I mess up. Every time I do something wrong, they are cheering so loud. They're so happy to see me down. But you're telling me it's because they're they're cheering for you. They're rooting for you. But why are they rooting for every time I fall? It's like when I fall. When I'm running, nobody's cheering. I don't hear that. When I fall, they're like, yay! So I'm like, so is this the opposing side? Like, is are they cheering for my enemy? Whoever it is I'm fighting, my opposition? Guys, like, no, they're cheering for you. But they just don't want you to know that. And I'm like, okay, well, I can hear them. And it's subtle, too. It's in the background. But it's like, I can't tell what they're really cheering for. It's only when I really fall. And I'm like, okay, so maybe, if you th- now, now that I'm hearing it all out, I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe they're cheering when I fall because, you know, of my resilience <laughs> or being made strong in my weakness. Okay, you're going to get up. We're cheering because you're going to get up. But no, they're cheering for something. Like They're not cheering for get back up, get back up. You know, that's different. They're cheering for something. And I'm like, who is this? What is this? And then every single time, it feels like somebody's standing there. Just standing there. So this time, I hear them cheering. I'm like, oh, here they go, cheering again. Because <laughs> at this point, it feels like they're cheering against me. Like, they don't really like me. And, you know, I don't really care, but, like, you know, I don't know if I should. So, I'm going to be careful with that because maybe I should care because they might be cheering for me. But all I know is I feel this presence. And when I look, I don't feel nothing. I don't know a thing. I can't hear nothing. I don't see anything. I just feel something. And I'm, I look with my mind. Because, like I said, can't see anything, can't hear anything. And I'm like, my jaw drops open. Like, what? Really? Okay. And I know, because I just had this feeling... Like, if it were a bad thing, which it is, you know, my it's, it's still, like, my jaw's dropping open in a different way. Like, my jaw's dropping open, like, whoa, wow, really? Like, I'm amazed. And at this point, I've seen so much. So, you know, that means a lot. So, I'm trying to figure out what is my jaw dropping open for because I can't see or anything. But I know. I know it. 
I just know it, and I'm so, I'm so, I get so frustrated because I'm one person who can't know anything. Everybody else knows everything, all the business. I've always hated that. Like I never even made other people feel that way. Like I would not even want to be involved with something I know. I'm with everybody who knows everything. You don't know anything, and we're leaving you out. I don't even want to be on that side. I don't even want to be in it. I kind of hate stuff like that. But like. I'm the one person that knows nothing. Everybody's okay with it. And then, like, there's this individual who clearly was somebody there who it feels like is protecting me or on my side, maybe. But at the same time, might not be because last year, only person on my side was God. So I don't know. It could be a trick. You know, it could be a distraction. And a lot of times it just feels like it is one. But then a lot of times it just feels like, you know, they don't want me to know that they're there because they're doing it for whatever reason they're doing it for their own reasons. And they don't want me to feel like, you know, it's for whatever reason I think it is. So I keep hearing somebody say, it's your mother, it's your mother, you know, and I'm recently finding out, like, you know, because I'm being in so many different directions some are making me feel like it's my mother's not on my side others are making me feel like she is and I know the real I know how I know you know I like to feel like I know what's real how I really feel at least and I feel like you know she like she's not on my side she's not on my side but I don't really feel that way. It's like it's like it's a part of me knows she is. But it's like it's that feeling of like a part of me knows that she's really not. She doesn't want me to have this either. She doesn't want me to have this. And when I'm saying have this, I mean like what God wants me to have. Nobody wants me to have that but God. And that's a promise. Now granted, I'm getting help in different areas at different times, but it seems like the help only comes when I've slipped and I've fell and I've fallen short of the glory. When I am where I'm supposed to be, when I'm on my way there, when I'm so close to getting there, I'm fighting everybody. Nobody wants me to have that but God because it's so amazing. So they get to the point where they're like, oh, no, you don't, we don't want you to have that, so we'll just let you have this then. And then once you get to that point of having that, they're like, we never wanted you to have that. We just wanted to make sure you didn't never have that. They don't want you to have nothing. People want you to do good, but not good, or not not the best. People want you to do better, but not better than them. Like, nobody wants you to have this amazing, you know, wonderful thing. And that's what I cannot trust. I cannot trust when they root for me to have things because I remember when it was the one thing I wanted, like not even the one thing I wanted, the one thing God wanted for me, what it took to have it, and I've had to fight everybody to get it. Nobody wanted me to have that. When I was there, I fought everybody. Everybody fought me. I don't want nobody to feel ashamed. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I don't care. It is what it is. I just know that now. Which means I can't trust anybody. Which means that, you know, if I'm going to accept anybody into my life or accept anybody around me, it's knowing that. You're not for me, really. 
Or at least you're not for me like God is for me. You'll never be for me like God is for me. He didn't show me everybody's true colors at this point. Like, a lot of people want to see you doing good. There might even be that one person that wants to see you doing better more than everybody else. And they're the closest to God's vision for you. But they still don't want you to do how God wants you to do. Nobody like nobody wants to do wants you to do how God wants you to do. Nobody's as real as him. So that's all I have. And even though it feels so harsh a lot of times, like this is why you don't have friends. This is why you can't make friends or keep friends. It's because, you know, God has shown me who everybody is and if I go back, that's on me. But my feelings gonna be hurt. Cause they not for me like that. God is not a liar. He's real. He only tells the truth. And when he showed me who everybody is and showed me that when it comes to that point of fighting for the best with my best interest, I'm fighting everybody. Nobody wants me to have that. They rather me they like they they may not want to see me homeless, starving, or down bad, but they much rather see that than to see me have that. And which that's not real love. So that means nobody really loves me. Besides God. That's what's, you know. That's really the sad realization I deal with every day. But what can I do? Because I'm still stuck in this world, you know. Even after everybody's true colors being revealed. I still have to be stuck in this world and somehow, you know, find a way to know that and still coexist. I have to coexist with people like that. And it's it's not even public and judgmental because I don't want to say people like that, like, like that. But it's just like when you find out that if it came down to it, you don't want me to have was bet the best thing for me because of how great it is would you want you know how would you feel towards somebody after that how do you feel because i'm not the type of person that feels like i just know you're jealous of me and that makes me feel good no i'm the kind of person that's like but you don't you don't have my best interest you're not for me what am i doing around you it's no point of being around you. It's no point of making you my friend. It's not. What are we gonna talk about? How much you don't want me to win? What are we gonna talk about? You know where you expect me to stop, because you don't want to see me make it there. And that's that's sad to me. It's sad, but at the same time, you know, it's it's gonna be a lot of people who are really great people, and they really are for you, but they would never be for you like God is for you. And that's not that doesn't mean you can't be around them. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, appreciate what it is they have to offer. And they appreciate what it is you have to offer. And it be mutual. But it's like, yeah, still, you know, at the what God has revealed to me, I don't know what he's trying to tell me. And, uh, you know, to be, <laughs> I'll say this a million times, but to be, a friend of God is to be an enemy of this world. And to be a friend of this world is to be an enemy of God. So that's what God made me do. He made me cut off the whole world and make enemies with the entire world for him. 
I can't go back now. Because if I go back, I, now I realize anytime anybody wants to be my friend here, it's because I'm an enemy of God right now. Must be. Because when I was a friend of God, everybody was my enemy. So I can't even be making friends anymore. I see it differently. All that being said, though, I realized that, you know, it was somebody who was standing guard for me and helping. And that was great. That was actually really great. But it's like, I just can't get it all. I, can't, I don't know. I got trust. It's not trust issues. But I can't let it go that nobody's really for me. Nobody's for me. And if I had died in that situation last year, I'd just be dead. Because after seeing people's true colors, I'm I'm pretty sure each and every single last person that contributed to my demise or tried to contribute to my demise would have been like, oh my gosh, she was such a great person and I love her and I miss her. And I'm so, this is devastating. As, you know, remembering how they actually are responsible for my death. And that is sad. So once I see people true colors like this, like like how this is now, knowing that this is a life or death situation, it's a lot of people who contributed to the death part and not the life. I can't I can't even be friends with people. I can't even trust people. I can't I can't. I don't like advice anymore. Everybody's not wicked. A lot of people are righteous. A lot of people are good people with great hearts. But after what I've seen, that doesn't matter. Because when it came down to it, you know, a lot of people just weren't willing. And and I could say, everybody's not like you. Everybody's not going to be willing to do what you're doing. Everybody's not, doesn't have the same heart. But that's the point. And I don't understand how... If I were in that position, I'd never do you like that. But you being in that position, you were able to do me like that. Does that mean that we are supposed to be friends? Because God is saying, do it alone. With me. Not alone. You will ever be alone. But you don't need them. But he's also saying, learn to love them anyway. So I'm I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. I'm just frustrated. But um another thing I realized though, you know, I'm not a hundred percent like I should be either. I'm really not. Because honestly, if God didn't force me into the position you know, in a situation where it's like, I don't have a choice. I really don't have a choice. It's my life. I can't leave it. <laughs> if I could leave it, I'd probably be gone. But I don't have a choice. If he didn't put me in a position, I don't have a choice. I don't know if I would have gone this far or done as much. I don't know. But that's also, I don't want to give Satan that that out or that, you know. See, I don't want to give Satan that, just hand Satan that. Because the truth of the matter is. There's always an option. And God doesn't force anybody into anything. So there's always a choice to be made. 
meaning that I chose him still. I chose God. Now, granted, it felt like I didn't have a choice. That was because of who I am, who God made me to be. I didn't have a choice. But there's always a choice. Satan gave me a choice. Choose me or go through what you had to go through. And I just went through what I had to go through because I was never going to choose him. But that's still a choice. So, I'm realizing different things, but it is what it is. You know, God is making me who I am, and he's building me up to, you know, he's building me up through so many different situations. And as much as Satan, the enemy, all of his agents trying to convince me who I'm not and what I won't be able to do, Yet still, here they are trying to stop me from doing it. And I said this a lot last year, but how can anybody sit around and convince you that you're not something? Or try and convince you that you're not doing something or that you're not going somewhere when, you know, they, like, if you're really not going somewhere, if you're really not nobody, they won't be worried about it. They won't even tell you that. Because people who ain't nobody to them, they haven't noticed. They're not bothering. They're not worried about them at all. Promise you, they're not thinking about them. So that's just tell you everything you need to know. But another thing, the last thing, like I realized what was going on that I couldn't see or hear quite my finger on, but knew something was up. You know, it was a setup. They were plotting and scheming. So many different people going, you know, contributing to this. And I feel like I even heard God get upset with how many people were okay with it. Like, I can't believe so many people are aware that this is satanic. And, of you know... A satanic device and they're willing to use it and go through with it like the integrity the you know it's like how could you spit in God's face like that you know that's wicked but I'm blessed and I'm honored to be chosen because I could be on the other side of that at least I'm on the right side but um It was my heart. It was one of these visions where um, when I go to sleep, as I sleep, they, you know, they're able to play with my heart. Like, they, it's like they have my heart in a demonic realm, but I'm fighting for it in myself and my future, my destiny. All these things they have taken to the demonic realm in an attempt to strip me of it. And I'm fighting for it daily. You know, I'm fighting for my life. And, like, certain days, because of certain things and because of certain ups or downs or highs or lows, they're able to get certain things. And my heart is one of the things that they just love to play with. Like, they they need my heart so bad. Excuse me. There's other things that they love to affect, like... My mind, um, my limbs, my arms, my legs, body parts, 
like ears, eyes, you know, mouth, nose, all these different things that they love to, you know, try and gain dominion of, but they really want my heart. They really want my heart because my heart is God's. And I get so frustrated thinking, if my heart really does belong to you, God, why are you letting them have it? How can they keep coming to take it? How are they able to keep coming to play with my heart? How are they able to keep winning my heart? All these different things I'm doing, you know, I realize I'm not perfect. But it can't be every little thing. Like, how do you make it seem like it's every little thing? Because if it's really every little thing, then I don't have a chance. I really don't have a chance. I can't be perfect. So it's not what they make it seem like it is. Yet still have to go through these different things like this. Sometimes I get frustrated with God thinking, you know... How could you? How could you let them? A lot of times it just don't make sense. And it gets really frustrating. But I realize, like, Satan really wants me to, you know, he really wants me to be upset with God. When in reality, the constant reminder is thank him. Thank God. Every single time I'm wondering, like, God, what's going on? Like, what's up? I'm calling you. I'm calling on you. You're saying that you're here. But all of this bad stuff, all this horrible stuff, all of this unfair, you know, thing, all these unfair things happen to me. What are you doing about it? It just, just, it just doesn't feel like you're doing anything. And I know, you know, what it feels like when you're actually doing something or actually doesn't want something to happen or you know transpire it doesn't so you want this to happen why why are you letting this happen and it's not that he wants it but why he's letting it happen and then i get the reminder like just thank him thank him like if you knew if you could see what's really going on and how it really looks you would be you would be thanking him you only be thanking him. Just thank him. So I try to remind myself of that. Be thankful. Even in the midst of persecution, like, I'm going through different things where it's like I'm being reminded of past traumas and then being re traumatized and all these different things I'm going through. And it's like I still have to thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you. It feels like it almost feels dumb, but I know what I'm thanking him for. I'm not thanking him for, you know, whatever satanic thing, whatever satanic device is being used for used on me at the moment. I'm thanking him for bringing me out of it, bringing me through it, and exposing it because it could be going on with without my awareness. The fact that I even know about it, the fact that it's being revealed in the way that it's being revealed is an indication that I'm coming out of this. I'm being brought to a higher level and he's showing me and placing me in a position I need to be in. So I have to thank him for that. Thank you, God, because he could have left me where I was, blind and not knowing, and all of this would have still been going on. I just wouldn't have even known. I would have been ignorant and Satan would have been counting on that ignorance. And therefore, I would have been suffering in ignorance. 
unaware. And that's why I need to thank him. And I absolutely understand that. And I absolutely, I absolutely understand the fact that he doesn't cater to me every single time I'm crying out about that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to stop crying because the fact of the matter is I have to deal with these emotions one way or another. I can't just push them off like whatever. It doesn't matter because that's what God is teaching me to deal with these emotions. If I would just push them off, it would be redundant. I have to allow my heart to be broken free.